0: This is a Soulfire production. Hey, hey, hey everybody. We back. We are back and I'm still Still playing around with the idea of doing this show much more frequently because I just don't, I'm missing everything. I am missing everything. Am I about to become some lefty Steven Crowder type? Who knows? Who knows? But i only to put out a little quick request here. A couple things. A couple things. One, if you love this show, make sure to rescribe, subscribe, subscribe rate. Review it. Do all those things on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Leave kind words. Share it with some friends. Also, we've got a few segments on this show: the state of things, um, the rundown. Got a new one coming out called "Something to Think About," and I need some voices, some sexy voices for the uh, for the transition sound. So, if you feel like you've got an adequate voice and you want to contribute to the uh, to the visual, I mean, the uh, audio aesthetic of this show. Let me know. Shoot me a, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Connor Wanders. We'll make something happen. So, got a couple things. Got a couple things going on right now. This has been a really, really, really weird week. Um, and you know, we've got we've got Elon Musk telling people that this is this is not. This is not freedom. He wants people to give their goddamn freedom back. Can't tell people to can't make people stay home and tell them they're gonna get arrested if they leave. Which I am 1 million percent with. This is a fucking mess. We're close to 40 days in on this whole thing. And I what, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do here? We can't just keep doing what we're doing now, obviously. Like this is a serious, serious mess. But on the plus side, the federal government has just released some uh, footage and confirmed, released footage and confirmed uh, some aerial phenomenon looking very much like UFOs. So we've got that. And now maybe they just released it now because there's too much stuff going on. People aren't that concerned about UFOs. But those UFOs were doing some trippy stuff, man. They're calling them unidentified aerial phenomenon, but those fucking aliens. Now, here's the thing. Do you think? And it's just I'm just putting this out there, and I haven't consulted with Alex Jones yet. I'm going to jump onto the Alex Jones uh, Infowars.com um, situation and see what he has to say about these aliens. But maybe aliens. Planted coronavirus to thin the herd a little bit because they're about to do some harvesting. Maybe they're thinning out, thinning out the weak ones because they're about to harvest us. Maybe we're precious material. We're like the oil of the of the next generation. Something to think about. It's it. It could be. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is those ships move super fast and do some really really crazy things in the air. But. Coronavirus is real. It's probably not 5G. Um, Maybe it was made in a lab. There's just all kinds of crazy news coming out. But UFOs are as real as coronavirus. So something out there, something to get your mind off of all this crazy madness. Shit. Can you just imagine if aliens came down right now and saw this? They'd be like, what in the actual fuck is wrong with you people? What? are you doing? Why? And I heard a good a uh, a good, a good point listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with Tim Pool. It's like, well, if aliens were going to give us technology, they were going to give us the, the, the ability to maybe, you know, swap between dimensions, maybe travel at light speed, maybe bend gravity a little bit. Why would they do it? And we would just use it to kill each other. They wouldn't give it to us now. We're children. As a species, we are children. We can't be trusted. You can't give a little kid scissors. Don't do that. So they have safety scissors for kindergartners. Because they can't be trusted. We we only deserve the equivalent of safety scissors when it comes to weapons. That's where we're at right now. We have to nerf our world because oh, the people on the right just are always think that their liberty's under attack, and the people on the left think that they're I don't know, they gotta find something to fucking cry about all the time. Getting harder and harder to call yourself a progressive these days, especially considering a couple of things we're going to talk about today. On the state of things, we're going to get into Trump getting a little bit uh, aggro, a little upset, a little butt hurt about uh, some an ad that Fox News ran, and he he tweeted some uh, tweeted some fun stuff at them. <laughs> it was President really really Trump oh my out god at Fox
1: News on Sunday. Oh my god, what is this? Was Stop!
0: Wow. You know what's weird about these news these news sites? They just run ads unsolicited, ruining my fucking podcast by just dropping ads. I'm trying to read off your fucking thing here. You can't read when you get a video yelling at me. Anyways, Trump got a little butt hurt. He's a little bit of a snowflake, as we all know. Does not like criticism, especially when it comes from Fox News, because Fox News they're his homies. Those are his boys over there. The five: Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity. Those They're his boys is people, and they allowed an ad to be run that was not pro-Trump. We're going to get into that, and we're going to uh, the majority of the state of things. There's a lot of stuff that's going on, and, and I was tempted to throw UFOs in here, but as I've talked about, doing only one show a week, I don't, I can't, can't get it all in here. Or else i also end up with a seven-hour show, which wouldn't be terrible. I wouldn't hate doing that, but I've got to get into these sexual assault allegations um, with Joe Biden here. Because this is a huge story. And, and the clip, just to give you some context, the clip that I'm going to play for you of her talking, and she was on The Hill um, talking about this uh, and sharing her story. And and The, the Hill is a great, a great media outlet. I love their content. I love what they're about. Um, but they're not a major news outlet. And we're going to talk about the bias between um, what happened with Brett Kavanaugh and what's going on right now with um, with Joe Biden. And, and just to, just to point out the hypocrisy, to point out the hypocrisy that's going on. It, it's really, I think the word that I've used to describe the situation right now, more than any on this show is embarrassing. And this is, this is embarrassing. Um, and yeah, there's some stuff that just some breaking stuff that just happened right now. So yeah, Oh, yeah, well, in the rundown, excuse me, forgot about the good old rundown In the rundown we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to discuss we are going to cause I feel like we're all here together. We're in this together. We are going to discuss, um, how one of the major problems between or that causes, the divisiveness between, uh, political affiliations now is this inability to accept difficult reality, maybe difficult truths from one side to the other. Uh, especially when they both sides have adequate arguments, um, And how that defensiveness just gets us rooted deeper and deeper into our points and and, and reaffirms the level of confirmation bias that we hold on to. So that's that. So I think now, I think now we can get into the state of things. All All right, all right, all right, all right, all right state of things Donald J Trump on Twitter his favorite place <laughs> his favorite place now bear with me uh, a couple things I'm not great at reading out loud me and Trump have that in common actually and um, this Trump or this this Trump this tweet is uh, very uh, poorly articulated um let' so me give it a shot here and then we're gonna play the ad that inspired this rambling nonsense. Okay, Fox News just doesn't get what's happening. They're being fed Democrat talking points, and they play them without hesitation or research. I find it comical that he uh, criticizes them (laughs) for not doing research. They forget that that fake news CNN and MSDNC wouldn't let Fox News participate even a little bit in the poor ratings Democrat debates. Even the radical left do-nothing Democrats laughed at the Fox suggestion. No respect for the people running Fox News, but Fox keeps on plugging and trying to become politically correct. They put Paul Ryan on their board. They hire, quote, debate questions to crooked Hillary. And I think he goes on a little bit more. But this is kind of the, he he just pissed. He's pissed. He's upset at Fox News because this organization called Republicans for the Rule of Law ran an ad. Now, let me, let me read you a little bit from the Republicans for the Rule of Law website here. It's uh, ruleoflawrepublicans.com. It says The Republican Party was founded to ensure that the rights and liberties enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution apply equally to everyone. But recently, the party has lost its way. We're Republicans. We believe in limited government and individual liberty. We believe in the same rules for everyone from the average citizen to the president of the United States. And we believe that the character of our leaders is the destiny of our country. There are many Americans just like us, and there is strength in our numbers. Um, So if you're into that, you can go to ruleoflawrepublicans.com. I will not be signing up for their newsletter, but if you want to, it's there for you. Now, here is the ad that got Trump all its panties in a bunch over here. Now I'm going to, there's a few of this parts of this is just words. It's not spoken. So I'm going to read it for you as it goes along. But um it's pretty good stuff. So uh, enjoy this. 50,000 people have died. 60 now. And this is our president.
1: So, supposing we hit the body with a tremendous uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light and I think you said that hasn't been checked but you're going to test it and then i said supposing you brought the light inside the body you can which you can do either through the skin or uh in some other way and i think you said you're going to test that too sounds interesting right and then i see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute one minute and is there a way we can do something like that by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning you can apply light and heat to cure. I'm not a doctor, but I'm like a person that has a good, you know what?
0: Unfit, unwell, unacceptable. Rule of lawrepublicans.com. So they ran that ad on uh, on Fox News, and that's what got Trump all riled up. Now here's the thing: you actually can use ultraviolet light in the body. Um, this publicly traded biotech company tweeted out their kind of diagram. They use, uh, some type of mechanism to use to, this ultra ultraviolet light is a disinfectant. You can do that. And there are, um, other liquid disinfectants they use in the body apparently. But the thing about it is the thing that's interesting, and this is where, this is one of the things where what he said was absolutely ridiculous and irresponsible and just flat out stupid. But here's where it gets interesting that the term disinfectant, we think about it, like the lay person thinks about it as household chemicals. Um, But in in the medical field, that's a different thing, right? So he heard something, this is my assumption, he heard something in a conversation, didn't fully understand it, and is just kind of asking really dumb questions uh, publicly. This is just not a good idea. This is where it becomes irresponsible and i don't want to criticize him for being a moronic because i mean you know i think he's moronic but looking at this being like dude you just don't say shit like that like at the end of the day just don't say shit like that just leave it alone because over here you have an actual medical expert that you're saying this at who's just trying to just not make a weird face at the ridiculousness that you're saying and then uh, the, you, you also brag about the ratings of these coronavirus briefings, which is absurd. And uh, <laughs> and then we go from there to to talking about disinfectants and people drinking bleach or whatever. It's, it's, it's gotten spun out of control. And then the media is, of course, going to run with that and, and take it out of context, which is exactly what happened, which is entertaining. It's entertaining to take something so fucking stupid out of context, even though there may be some shred of truth in it that you just don't fully understand. Just don't fucking say that what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, So he got buttered about that. But one thing I wanted to bring up here before we jump into the Joe Biden stuff is just looking at how he handled it, right? He takes to Twitter, puts out a a rant of a tweet, really just Fox news gives him more unfair praise, right? If you want to look at the way the problem with the mainstream media, when it comes to Trump is that left media right the democrat media machine unfair criticism more often right untrustworthy really unfair criticism and doesn't give the dude credit where credit is due fox news on the other hand unfair praise and gives the president credit for things he didn't do right that's the that, that's the issue it's this this fueled divisiveness that drives ratings when something these media companies are just circling around the fucking toilet bowl right now it's in and they've they've resorted to clickbaity bullshit um but you got to also look at how your president handles this like you said something stupid man and then the next day he goes off and says he was being sarcastic bro you were not being sarcastic you were dead serious that's that's come on man just own it say what happened what are you doing bro What is this? You're giving both sides fuel to just to create divisiveness. And then the stats about people ingesting household cleaner also kind of skewed because since this has all happened, there's a, people have a lot more household cleaner on hand than usual. So there's going to be more incidents of people ingesting it. Uh, that was happening before this whole thing got said, of course, if someone does think that what he said means drink bleach, then, um, I think that's just Darwinism really at work, um, more power to you for that. But it's interesting to see the narratives get played. When I, when I love when something like this happens because it really shows the way that media spins narratives. Now for me personally, what this show is, is is opinions on news, right? I don't claim to be unbiased. I don't claim to even be fair necessarily. I, I, I like to criticize both sides and I think Um, through doing that we can come up with a better plan especially right now Uh, what you're probably going to see on this show as the show evolves is more um, sharing of ideas uh, that are actually potentially beneficial but right now there's just so much flying around that's that's just obnoxious and crazy and to see something like this I mean whether you're a bush fan or not right George W. Bush fan or not, like you gotta think this guy didn't have the the, the greatest character. Started a really ridiculous war, um, and maybe it was well intentioned. I don't know. Dick Cheney was pulling a lot of the strings there, but you gotta look at Hill. He would respond to criticism. It's not like this, you know. Obama wouldn't respond like this. And then Fox News acts as if their president is just being attacked constantly. When Fox News ran a, a piece for days about President Obama ordering either spicy or Dijon mustard on a hamburger. They also ran something for days they called it a, a suit gate or tan gate. He wore a tan suit to a briefing, and they ran with that. So it's one of those, It's, a, it's a, what we have now is, is tit-for-tat media disguising itself as news. But you also have a president that doesn't do himself any favors, man. Any favors. You know, and looking at the, all this thing about about the coronavirus preparations, you got to think, okay, shutting down travel to China was a, or from China was a great idea. It was a great idea. Um, don't think he came up with it necessarily, but he pulled the trigger on it. It was highly criticized. No one on the left is going to praise him for that. And also, what he was saying publicly about the virus, even knowing what he knew was radically irresponsible and, and caused, you got to think, caused some deaths, man. And then you got to think Fox News ran with that and Hannity ran with that. And even looking at the stats now on Hannity's viewers versus Tucker Carlson's viewers, which Tucker Carlson is really the only person on Fox News who has kind of a, a free pass to criticize Trump. Um, thank God. Um, but of the viewers of those two shows, Sean Hannity, who was saying this whole thing was a hoax from the beginning, has 30% higher um, rates of coronavirus among his audience than Tucker Carlson, and now maybe some of that has to do with age, because Hannity's audience is uh, quite a bit older, uh, generally speaking, than Tucker's. But, but you got to look at that and say, man, like you are responsible for some of this stuff, and, and really being on top of your shit. Really being on top of your shit. So it's something interesting to dive into. But the fact that these MAGA dipshits that are just so like praising Trump, oh god, I was just in an argument with one of them in the comments section, which I gotta quit doing um praising this guy for his business prowess or whatever and they get so triggered and then they then they criticize progressives or liberals or whatever they want to call them lefties for being snowflakes and it's like motherfucker you get triggered more than anybody and here's the thing and I'm going to put this out there this is going to sound extremely douchey extremely douchey i have a fair amount of uh privilege to pop off about this kind of stuff because a lot of liberals are um, soft. It's true. It just is what it is. You know, it's it's an interesting place to be to look at this thing and say, well, I would I would call this out to someone's face, which a bunch of liberals wouldn't do, without a crowd, and be prepared for whatever happened next, and not really be concerned about it. Um, I don't really appreciate being called a snowflake uh, for thinking that uh, everybody should have health care is is a good idea. But the, the, the hypocrisy and maybe that's kind of the theme of today's shows the, the hypocrisy of the right to criticize progressives and liberals for getting triggered about things when when they when their president gets criticized, they could throw a fucking hissy fit every time and the president does the same thing. And then and then and then wants political correctness. It's like motherfucker, if you don't want to be made fun of, then you don't want political correctness. That's just how it is. Cuz I can sit here and call you a fucking douchebag and I really believe that. I think you're a fucking ass clown. But like that's not politically correct. So I'm really using your message and your let's say your uh your values to criticize you. It's a a double-edged sword here, dude. So if you want free speech, if you want uh, people to be able to have civil liberties, part of that is being criticized. Part of that is being called an asshole, especially when you're a fucking asshole. So it's something to be considered when you want free speech. Because it's well within my rights. To call you whatever the fuck I want to call you, and it's well then someone else's rights to call me a biased douchebag too. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't suppress that. But it's weird. It's a weird time. It is a weird time. So with that, with that to ponder on, I want to get into these Joe Biden sexual assault allegations. Now, Tara Reid brought these forward uh, numerous times. And we're going to go through a timeline, we're gonna spend some time on this because it is important. And I do want to say that Joe Biden is going to be on MSNBC tomorrow, uh, Friday, I think that's the first um, on Morning Joe to have his first public acknowledgement, um, not from his staff, but from him on these allegations. So I wanted to get this out before that. Uh, Very likely, I'm going to do a show right after uh, Morning Joe tomorrow. Covering it, but I want to give everybody as much information as I can because it is actually kind of hard to find. Uh, I'm going to be playing a clip from The Hill. They interviewed uh, Tara Reid a little over 30 days, I think 35 days ago, 34, 35 days ago. So this story's been out for a while, but you have not seen it on mainstream media. Now, Fox has hit her up a few times wanting to interview her, but she doesn't want to do that. Um, CNN, MSNBC have been pretty quiet on the issue. Just yesterday, uh, you get your first. Acknowledgement from CNN and MSNBC uh, that this is even a thing. They acknowledge it for the first time. Um, Chris Hayes brought it up on his show. uh, And it's interesting to see the contrast between how they're handling this versus how they're handling um, Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, right? This is when that whole Believe All Women thing came about. Um. The interesting thing is, and we're going to get to her story in a minute, there's so much more evidence pointing to Joe Biden's actions in the assault than there was against Brett Kavanaugh from Blasey Ford. Now, Brett Kavanaugh, I believe, in my heart of hearts, that Brett Kavanaugh is a fucking scumbag. Uh, and he straight up lied. Like, it was absolutely clear that he was lying. He was lying about what he had written down. He was lying about so many things. The dude is completely full of shit. Let's not get mixed up here as far as what I'm saying. But the amount of evidence, I mean, Tara Reid's mom called into the Larry King show talking about how her daughter had been assaulted and and couldn't really do much about it. And that's a, that, that clip is out there. Maybe I'll find it and play it before we get out of here. But really interesting. And she has people corroborating her story, her brother and her her friend at the time. So I don't know. We're going to get in now. This was on the show Rising um, from the Hill. Highly recommend you subscribe to the Hill on YouTube if you're into this kind of thing. Uh, they do an amazing job. The audio quality is meh, but I think you'll be able to get across what it is because this was during quarantine, so they had to do it virtually um, but I think that hearing her story from her from her point of view and, and in her voice is really important. And then we'll we'll break down a uh, a timeline of kind of what happened and and what it's looked like um, since this whole thing kind of came to light uh, in this election cycle.
1: We were in a semi-private place; it wasn't completely private. He was at first talking to someone. They went away, and then he said, "Here." And then when I gave him the gym bag, it happened all in one motion, almost. And he had me um, against the wall. And then his hands were down my skirt and up my skirt. And I was wearing, um, I wasn't wearing face or anything. And um, he then, with his hands, uh, you know, um, went from there and I uh, entered me with his hand and as he was trying to kiss me and saying things to me. So when I tell you what happened, it's hard because everything kind of happened at once, but there were incremental parts to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um meaning he was kiss, trying to kiss me and I was pulling away. And what I remember of that time is is feeling really shocked, a surprise, because there was no real conversation right beforehand. There was no precursor it just happened and then when he did that um i was obviously pulling away and he pulled back and said you know come oh, on man i heard you liked me um something to that effect and that's what kind of jolted me like i was trying to think what i did wrong um to bring that on me and then he um he looked angry and irritated with me and i i That when I knew it was really I I was in a very difficult position because he was my boss and he was like my dad's age at the time and I trusted him and looked up to him and I it was it was it was not like I disliked him I liked him but I just didn't like him in that way and I it was just shocking it was shattering actually and he said to me when he pulled back, he pointed his finger at me and he said, you're nothing to me. You're nothing. Mm -hmm. And and he straightened his clothes and he he went away. And I don't, I don't remember, I know I went to the restroom to clean up, but I don't remember exactly. I remember the next memory I have is of the Russell Building. There's these long windows
0: that are. All right, we'll cut it off there. But if you think about this, and and what I here's what I I don't know if this is true. I obviously have no definitive evidence of that, Um, but I want to encourage you to think about the things that she said. And put yourself in the position of both people. If you're him, if you're her, how you would handle that, how that would feel. And keep in mind, this is 1993, okay? Now, just for reference, because I know that's that's been a while. A lot of us were alive then, but maybe not all of us. The Clinton Lewinsky Sandal... Was in January of 1998. Okay, this was in 1993. I think that's important context to gain because this treatment of women, this abusive power, has been—it's been—it's been it has been been a it has been, been a part of power since power has been a thing. And the way that she recounts it, and this is why I encourage you to put yourself in her shoes and his. This is something we don't do very often, empathetically, is say, "Hey, what would it be like to be the woman in that situation?" And what would it be like to be Joe Biden in that situation? Even hearing him say, come on, man, I, I heard you liked me. Like, that's a very Joe Biden-y type thing to say. You can put that in his lips, in his mouth, like easily. Got the phrasing there is a little weird. Uh, I don't really want to put anything in Joe Biden's mouth. But um, you look at that, and that sounds like something Joe Biden would say. And then if this is true, and he backed off and pointed at her and said that you're nothing to me, Like this is, this is one of those things where it's like these, these, you know, him and fuck him and Clinton are boys, Like they work together a lot. And then Hillary Clinton just endorsed Joe Biden talking about how far they go back and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, fuck, I mean, did this guy know Epstein? Who knows? Maybe Joe Biden's the one that actually killed Epstein. Hmm. But, um, I really think it's important to put yourself on both sides and see how someone in that position in Joe Biden's position at the time she said he was his, her dad's age would use his power to fuck young staffers let's call it what it is i mean let's just i mean let see how uncomfortable this makes you and put yourself in the position of a woman whether you're a woman or not put yourself in the in the situation of a woman in this in this scenario and I'll be Joe Biden I think you're into me. I am your boss. We're having a conversation with another person. I asked you to grab a gym bag for me and bring it to me in a hallway that's not private, but no one's around. Push you up against a wall, try to kiss you, you turn away. Slide my hand up your skirt and put my fingers inside of you. Without consent. I'm your boss. Now, the fact that you're a staffer for a politician means that you believe in that politician and what they're doing. You admire that politician. You respect that politician. And what she told her mother is that she couldn't really go to the police. She took her claims to the people that you're supposed to take your claims to in that situation. Got nowhere. And the and and the response from them was, "Well, were you dressed provocatively?" That shit you won't say now. That's one of the nice things about political correctness in a way is that you go, well, let's, let's give this a real look. Let's address this in a certain way. But I think it's incredibly, incredibly important to put yourself on in the shoes of both people here. And the fact that the Biden campaign campaign is not saying this is a misunderstanding. That's not what happened. Yada, yada, yada. They're saying nothing happened at all. Puts them in a really challenging positions because if it, if it turns out that anything happened at all, they're liars. And to have this, to, to have this thing where we're, we now have a democratic presumptive democratic candidate. And maybe this is the thing that kicks him off the fucking ticket, which would be interesting to see. But we have two people who are known, who are known now publicly for mistreating women. I mean, Trump can say whatever the fuck he wants, but him and Jeffrey Epstein were fucking homies. (laughs) I mean, come on. Let's be real here. We know how people in the positions of power work. Fucking Bill Clinton and Epstein were homies. Some shady shit going on there. Some shady shit. But I want, to, I want to play you this, too, because this, this is substantial evidence, and uh, I'm going to have to fast forward through here, so forgive me just a quite quick minute. Whoa, sorry about that. Um, let's get in here. We're going to listen to – this is her mom. This is Tara Reed's mom. This has been confirmed. This is her mom. They, they checked the voice and all that kind of fun stuff. So they checked that out. And uh, let's see. Pulling this one, old Tucker Carlson himself right here. This is the clip from CNN uh, that they've dug up of Tara Reed's mom calling into Larry King's show.
1: Mother, watch this. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. Yes, hello. Um, I'm wondering what um, uh, a a staffer uh, would do do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. Nor she had a story to tell, but out of respect for the person
0: she worked for, she
1: didn't tell it.
0: That's true. Okay, so that's that's the the clip of the call. That's the evidence. I mean, she called in. Now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna read you through this timeline here, and this is a timeline of the you know what have, what has happened, kind of the key facts. This is from uh, Forbes. So again, that's more evidence that Christine Blasey Ford had against Brett Kavanaugh. And that went to the Supreme Court. So consider that. And the left has stayed very quiet. Now, there's a lot of criticism because Joe Biden has not addressed this. And you got to think if this comes out and you're Joe Biden, you've got to jump on this quick. If it's true or not true, you got to do something. And if it's true and there's this much evidence and it keeps piling up, you got to withdraw from this race, brother. You got to get the fuck out you're making us all look bad. Anyway, so let's read through some key facts recently that uh, that have gone down. So April 3rd, 2019, Reed became one of eight women who accused Biden of inappropriate touching last year, telling her local California newspaper, The Union, that while Biden used to put his hands on my shoulders and run his fingers up my neck, she didn't feel she was a victim of sexualization, instead comparing it to being treated like an inanimate object, like a lamp. It's pretty. Set it over there, she told the paper. When, then when it's too bright, you throw it away. Reed said her responsibilities in Biden's office were reduced after she refused to serve drinks at an event. So there's some objectification there, and that's where she started. Now, here's something else I want you to consider. And again, don't know the facts here, okay? This is, this is all we have to work with. But do you think that her mom would call into Larry King over someone putting their hands on her shoulder and maybe touching her neck? And just to be honest with you, being treated like a woman got treated back in 1993, which is atrocious in itself. I, I have a hard time believing that. Okay. Now, March 25th, 2020, in a podcast by Katie Halper, Reed now claims Biden sexually assaulted her in 1993, pressing her up against the wall, kissing her neck and penetrating her with her fingers by prying her legs open with his knees. She said he then laughed it off after she rebuffed him. She told Halper she did not share the full story previously because she feared ret- retribution. And she brought that up because she said she had young kids and she didn't want the attacks, which she's already, she's gotten death threats and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so something else there as well. April 9th, 2020, Reed filed a police report in April with the Washington, D.C. police alleging sexual assault telling reporters it was about Biden and the 1993 incident. Uh, April 12th, 2020, Reed Repeated, repeated the assault story to the New York Times and said she had reported the alleged incident to Maureen Baker, Biden's executive assistant. She also said she told two top aides, Dennis Toner and Ted Kaufman, she felt harassed by Biden but did not tell them about the assault and filed a written complaint with the Senate personnel office. She said she had responsibilities in the office taken away from her after filing the report, including managing interns. Now let's see some more info here. I'm not going to read all of this, but the three former Biden staffers denied to the Times that Reid ever told them of any incident, and the written complaint has not been found. Oh man, this is just—it's just really concerning to me. So April twenty fourth, twenty twenty, a nineteen ninety three clip from Larry King's CNN talk show unearthed by The Intercept shows an interview with an unnamed caller allegedly Reed as her late mother, allegedly by Reed as her late mother, Jeanette Adamus, describing her daughter had problems. And you just heard all of that. Says she didn't want to go public, out of respect, blah, 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 blah. Now, April 27th, 2020, two more people came forward to corroborate parts of Reed's story in interviews with a business insider, Linda LaCase, Reed's former neighbor in California, told the outlet that Reed had described the alleged assault in detail to her in 1995 or 96 after she left D.C. This She says, this happened. I know it did because I remember talking about it, LaCase told Business Insider. Lorraine Sanchez, who worked with Reed in the office of a California state senator in the mid-1990s, said Reed told her at the time that she had been harassed by her former boss while she was working in D.C. and as a result had been fired. Sanchez said she did not remember whether Reed told her about the alleged sexual assault incident. Now, I want to read this. It's a critical quote, she said, from, from the article. It was labeled a critical quote, so I'm assuming that it's very critical. But it, it, it's, it just is interesting to me. It happened all at once, Reed told the Times, describing the incident. He's talking to me, and his hands are everywhere, and everything is happening very quickly. He was kissing me and said very low, Do you want to go somewhere else? Can you imagine Joe Biden saying to you, hey, man, you want to go somewhere else? Like, get so fucking creepy and weird. He looked at me kind of puzzled or shocked, she went on. He said, come on, man, I heard you liked me. He pointed his finger at me and goes, you're nothing to me, nothing, she added. Then he took took my shoulders and said, you're okay, you're fine. To me, what this sounds like, if this happened, is that he made a move, he was very forward, very assertive, very sure of himself. When it didn't work out, he kind of flipped the fuck out. He was caught. He was not in a good place. Said you're nothing. Then Rick <laughs> backed up and said, You're okay, you're fine. It's just fucking weird, man. It's just weird. Oh. <sighs> man. I just I just don't know. But it's you we've got. The thing about it is the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy is what drives me crazy. So adamant about this Brett Kavanaugh situation and then we can't even get the fucking facts. This can't even be on our radar. We're gonna wait, they're gonna sit on this thing for over a month after it's public? Well over a month after the interview on the hill? Really? But if this was a Republican, if this was Bernie Sanders, this shit would be everywhere. Everywhere. So I'm really curious to see what Joe Biden, because we all know Joe Biden is not good off a teleprompter. So how is he going to address this on Morning Joe? I'm really curious to see. I'm very curious to see. (sighs) But the thing about it here, I, I wanted to share some perspective. I wanted to give you the details that I understand. I wanted to give you her story in her voice and you can judge for yourself. But the fact that we have two people that, that are <laughs> two presidential candidates, not counting third parties with these kind of allegations is, um, it's sad, It's sad and it is frustrating. But that being said, you've got enough to think about. Let's get to the rundown. Hit the wrong button, sorry. All right, let's run it down. Now this came to my mind because I've been balls deep in news and media over the past few months. And it's really where the show came from, but you know, being somebody who consumes content from all sides, I mean, from The Hill to Sam Cedar to Kyle Kalinske to Sam Harris, and even dabbling with some Steven Crowder type type cats out there in the world, there are valid points everywhere. And I think that we get so steadfast, we get so aggressive in defending our views. And I think defensiveness is a big part of this, but whichever side of the political spectrum you fall on, I think it's important to understand what's actually happening here, okay? There are a handful of key topics and key points that are essentially, Marketing and divisiveness tactics from the left and the right. Oftentimes the same issues. Okay. Now, let's start with two very straightforward ones that are very, very divisive. Abortion and guns. All right. Now, think about this. The logic behind both of these things is very, very similar. Aggressive steadfast Christians believe that abortion is murder. Okay. And based on their belief system, they were not They're not going to budge an inch on that. All right. On the left, many people think that guns equate to murder. And they don't want to budge an inch on that. And what happens is both of those topics, both of those issues are very, very gray. Very gray. For example, abortion, you don't want someone's life. So you don't want someone to be a parent who can't handle, isn't equipped, isn't prepared, isn't stable enough to become a parent. Doesn't have the finances in order. That only perpetuates more violence downstream a lot of times from people raised in situations that are not ideal by parents that didn't really want them in the first place. Can you imagine being one of those kids? And if you were, I feel so sorry for you that, that you were in that situation. And also this this issue disproportionately, when I speak about abortion, disproportionately affects people that don't have a lot of money. It affects the poor more than it does the wealthy. Often because of the, the, the relationship with education as well. So when you go down that anti-abortion rabbit hole, you gotta think about the people that are truly affected. And what does that actually do to people's quality of life down the road? Very uncomfortable thing to accept. Very uncomfortable to, to accept, especially if you're a Christian or have some kind of belief system that makes this really a hard pill to swallow. It's it's hard to accept that a that that women's reproductive rights are an incredibly important part of sustaining a healthy society very hard pill to swallow for you and i understand that and i do my best to empathize with that even though my beliefs are not the same now let's take guns for example from the left most people who have very aggressive gun policy um ideas grew up in cities they don't understand gun culture They don't understand hunting. They don't understand even just how fun guns are. Let's just be straight up, okay? I've owned an AR-15. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. And I was safe. I'm responsible. I'm not mentally unstable. And I bought it when I was 19 years old. I worked for a summer, saved up a thousand bucks, went and bought an AR. I've wanted one. I wanted one for years. Tricked it out. Did all the cool stuff. The thing is, you get people like Beto O'Rourke, who I've been a big fan of and and, and potentially will continue to be, but saying he's going to come to someone's house and take their AR-15s. Bro, no, you're not. No, you're not. The uncomfortable truth that the left needs to accept is that gun rights are very important. Now, the thing is, well, they cause murder, mass shootings, et cetera, et cetera. The most people that are affected by gun violence are Surprise, surprise. Disproportionately, people that are poor. This is a class thing. More than a race thing, I would argue. It's a class thing. But that being said, in the same way that abortion needs regulations, right? You can't, late-term abortions that, that, that aren't endangering the mother's life shouldn't necessarily be a thing. Like when does life, when does consciousness become? And let's, let's not talk about when life begins. Let's talk about when consciousness begins, when the ability to feel pain, feel loss, those kind of things happen in a, a, a child to be. It's something also people on the left don't want to say, they don't want to call this, this thing, a child, but that's where it's headed. Right. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta dampen that, and nerf that up. It's like let's accept the uncomfortable truth here of what's happening, and just understand that it's fucking gonna be uncomfortable. So on the left, with the, and let's bring it back to guns. It's too easy to get guns right now, okay. And this is why I fall in the place that I do is because I understand intimately gun culture, rural culture. If you're living in a rural rural area, that's what people that like guns most of the time or outside of the city. I mean, fuck, I live in Denver. People have guns all over the place. I've got guns here. Some of that's for home protection. Some of that's for hunting. Some of it's for whatever, right? But I even, being a gun owner, and, and agreeing that the Second Amendment is important, understand that getting guns shouldn't be as easy as it is for a lot of weapons that we have, right? High capacity, high caliber, high rate of fire firearms need a higher barrier to entry. That's an uncomfortable reality that the right doesn't want to accept. And when somebody attacks the other side, attacks their beliefs, makes them feel stupid, makes them feel whatever, right? That's their intention is to make somebody feel dumb or wrong or stupid. It only makes the problem worse because when we feel like we have to defend ourselves, we get one step further away from accepting uncomfortable truth. We get one step further away from realizing the practical, logical solution to a problem. And let's be fucking clear, unwanted pregnancies and gun violence are both problems that both have very uncomfortable solutions that will take time. To reform gun rights will take years, okay? I spoke about having, a, having bought an AR-15, right? Owning an AR-15, I owned it for about 10 years, okay? I lost my job once upon a time and I needed money. I need to pay my rent. I had expenses that I couldn't cover. That's an uncomfortable fucking reality too, right? Having to live with that for a little while. So I had an AR 15 that was worth about 1500 bucks and I sold it to a guy undocum I mean, he wasn't undocumented. He was a military guy. I knew him very well. Um, I he had, he had, he had, he had worked out of the gym that i that i worked at previously years before at stay connected i would never sell a gun to somebody that i deemed irresponsible but this guy was a a gun advocate like i said military dude um owned lots of weapons already i think this was like his third ar maybe um but sold it to this guy just sold it to him he gave me cash gave him the gun that's totally legal in texas anyways is that okay should i be able to do that because say that say it say i have that same ar right, and I lose my job, and I'm strapped for cash, okay, things happen, maybe I acquired it, maybe my dad passed it down to me or something like that, but now I'm in a shitty spot, and I need to sell this thing quick, so I sell it to somebody I don't really know who just wants a gun for a few hundred bucks, 600 bucks, 800 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever it is, because I need it, and that's legal, is that okay, is that a good idea? Now, what's a better, what's a what's an easy solution to that problem? Guns should only change hands in a documented way. Right? I take it to a gun store that's authorized to, cr- to create these tr- transactions. I pay them $20, $15, $20, $30, dollars, whatever it is, a percentage of the purchase price, whatever we want to do here. And they bro- they broker the sale. Is that a big problem? No. Every town, especially in rural America, has fucking gun stores that's no big deal. Why, why not? Why isn't that a thing? And now I have some more ideas as far as gun policy goes, but that's, we'll say that for a different show. But looking at this, man, we don't want to accept uncomfortable truths. We don't want to accept that sometimes, and fuck, I'm going to, I might get crucified for saying this, but sometimes we've got to, to, to be really strict on travel, especially when you're talking about a religion, in that in, in now, I don't ascribe to any religion. I criticize them all equally. Muslim, as much as I do, um, Christian Christians, right? But there have been, if you if you read the literal text that these people are operating off of, that religion, Islam, can be very dangerous. And it doesn't take that many people to create a, a lot of problems, to create a September 11th type situation. It doesn't take that much, especially with easy access to weapons, right? So travel and, and restrictions and border control is, is incredibly important. The left doesn't want to acknowledge that because it's xenophobic or it's whatever. It's an uncomfortable reality. Drug law is another one. I just there's so there's so many you just keep going down prostitution another one you can keep going down the rabbit hole. It's things that are just uncomfortable realities. These things are happening all the time, and this is a huge, in my opinion, a huge failure of our government to come to a place where we can be pragmatic and logical when we solve these problems. Instead, we attack each other and defend ourselves and dig ourselves deeper and deeper into a hole of denial. So, I want you to think about that. Like, if you're, if you're, if you ascribe to either side of this whole thing, where are you caught in defensiveness? Where are you shut off? Where are you closed minded? And where are you denying logic? And I understand when it comes to logic versus religion, that gets really fucking hard, but you've got to do the best you can to see it from someone's perspective that doesn't necessarily agree with you. Because let's be fucking clear here. Doesn't matter what your religion is, it's it's equally valid as my lack of one, or my Buddhism, or my fucking Taoism, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right? They're all equally as valid, and they have very different points and very different ways going about things. And if you think that your religion is better than someone else's, you're being self-righteous. And if that's driving all of your decisions, you're being very naive. And that is also an uncomfortable reality to accept for yourself. Not that you shouldn't believe what you believe, but forcing that on other people and letting that drive the policy decisions of the fucking United States of America is embarrassing. So do your best out there to open your mind, settle down the defensiveness, and let's do something here that creates a logical, pragmatic solution to some of the biggest problems that we have to deal with on the daily every fucking day and do your best. Do your best not to get caught in the trap of using these things that trigger people to beliefs and into an ideology of the Republicans or the Democrats. Do not fall in to that trap. Make no mistakes. The Republicans and the Democrats are using abortion and using gun laws, not because they believe what the fuck they're saying. They want you on their team. So think about that. And I think with that, we'll close it down today. Thank you all so much for hanging out. I'm going to come back on talking about Joe Rogan on morning. Or no, Joe Rogan. Excuse me, Joe Rogan. I'm sorry about that if you're listening. Joe Biden will have him on, uh, or we will not have him on. Jesus, I am blowing it with words today. Um, we'll talk about his appearance on Morning Joe. And um, if you love the show, subscribe, rate, do the things, Apple Podcasts. Go find us on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. All that stuff's in the show notes. Take it easy out there, y'all. Bye.